first of all, thank you for making it to the brains. Those who know this. First of all, um, this is not going to be one hour. There's no way we're going to do word and prayer from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock. So it's not going to be one hour. But I just feel that, um, and I, again, I don't say these things to make someone's head big or anything. I do advise that you go back and listen to the periscope um, that Pastor Enrique led us in this morning. Because it was from that that I received the instruction that you should come and share word as well as pray. Um, I think that especially because we're fasting, fasting is something that we must make sure we have a proper understanding of why we do it. And if without understanding, God is not obliged to bless you just because you refrain yourself from eating. I want you guys to never forget this thing that Pastor Toby said to us the other day, that God will never reduce his standards for anybody. It will belittle God, it will make God um, inconsistent, it will make him unfaithful to himself and to his word. God will not reduce his standards for nobody, for no circumstances, for no issues. So it's very right and it's going to be... um, something of high priority that we begin to search deeper and deeper as to why we fast why are we fasting why are we doing these things and i know that we've mentioned things and the leaders have been mentioning things like we're weakening ourselves in order to be strengthened by god we know these things but unless we really do understand fasting we will fall into the category of those spoken of in isaiah 58 um, we will read that for in Isaiah 58 whereby they began to complain that Lord, why is it that in our days of fasting you do not hear us? Why is it that you do not reward us? You do not answer us? We have humbled ourselves. We have refrained ourselves from eating. We have done all that we have thought that fasting requires us to do. But why is it that you are still silent? And I pose these questions to you guys that you must ask yourself with all the fastings you've done before, where was the answer of that fasting? You have to ask yourself these questions because if not, you're just um, <coughs> ignorantly um, practicing a religious duty that yields no fruit. There's something that God is looking for when we enter our fasting and that's what I'm going to speak to us um, speak to us about and we will enter a time of prayer. We'll have at least half an hour to pray today, definitely. But I want you guys to Again, because we're fasting, and it's just one day we're fasting, we've not, we've done seven days before, we've done longer, you understand? Um, but today we're just doing this one day. So it's important that we understand properly why we fast. So for that reason, I ask that please everyone give me your attention. I ask that you make sure that you're sensitive to the spirit because I can be speaking in a stream, but if you're sensitive in the spirit, God can give you personal instructions that will make sure that this fasting does not turn out to be one um, of another fasting that you have done, but one that you are true. Amen? Amen. I've got a few scriptures that I want to read to us. It was from, um, when listening to Pastor Enrique this morning in the periscope, it laid on my heart while I was in the car going for something that I should speak to you based on something I've spoken to you guys about before. And I want to speak to you again about Daniel. I've spoken to you guys about this before, but I felt that was impressed in my heart that it's safe that I was, um, repeat this topic to you guys. 
um, because I know that many of us have forgotten it um, and to understand why we fast at this time. Ultimately, we know that the overall topic that Pastor Toby has been speaking around, he has been um, taking us into the journey of um, the flesh and all of these things. He's been teaching us about the different realms, the realm of flesh and the realm of life, the spirit. Um, he says that if we can continually walk in the spirit, these are some of the scriptures that we've read before, if we can continually walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the desires of our flesh. He begins to say to us that the the spirit lusts against the flesh. And when you search up what lust mean, it means that it desires to have um, control over. Do you understand? The spirit wants to control the flesh while the flesh wants to control the spirit. Both of them are fighting with each other, trying to subdue each other. But Pastor Toby began to speak to us that, listen, that the spirit is not an external or an additional person within yourself. You're not someone that has a spirit. In fact, you are the spirit. You understand? Your true identity is the spirit of God. And what God wants us to, um, to now do is that he wants us to walk in that level of understanding. He wants us to walk in the spirit. And Pastor Toby gave the example that if God has um, charged over your life, that you'd be a preacher, but life has made you an accountant. God will never respond to the accountant. He will only respond when you're in the realm of the preacher. Because as far as you walk, so when we ask God what is walking in the spirit, I told you the other day, walking in the spirit is walking in the constant flow of God's word. Yeah, But walking in the spirit is you walking in God's um, chosen identity, God's assignment for your life. That's you walking in the spirit. And as far as as we remain in the spirit, we will not be able to allow the we will not allow the flesh to have governance over our lives. I told you the other day we read in Romans 8, and Pastor Mika reminded us that we should make sure that we should read the five translations of that um, scripture. But I told you from Romans 8 that the mind governed by the flesh is death. In other words, if you are still in the realm of the flesh, it doesn't matter if you read the Bible. It doesn't matter if you fast, if your mind is governed, the only thing you can produce with your hands is death. The only things you can produce with your hands is poverty. So I spoke to you guys the other day on Periscope about renewing your mind because that's what's going to um, usher the, the, it's going to dictate the direction of your life. I said to you that the mind governed by the flesh, well not I, but the Bible says, Paul says to us in Romans, that the mind governed by the flesh is death and the mind governed by the spirit <coughs> is life. Now, I want, again, like I said to you, I'm going to speak, read some verses from Jeremiah. We're going to read and really pitch our tent. Wait, these guys are just coming. We're going to pitch our tent mainly, mainly in Daniel. We're going to read some verses in Mark. We're going to read some um, verses in Isaiah, that's Isaiah 58. I think every time we fast, we make account of that um, scripture. And if there's any other scripture that the Lord leads us, we'll read. Uh, again, we're fasting, so it's important that we feed our spirit. So I hope we're not going to be um, tired or discouraged with us reading a lot of scripture, are we? Uh, we're feeding our spirit. Again, what will help us to strengthen our spirit, man, but will help us to be strong, guys. 
is if we can weaken our flesh while strengthening our spirit. Again, let me just repeat certain things again, that you cannot strengthen both your flesh and the spirit at the same time. So the problem is, the reason why you haven't seen growth in your life, the reason why you haven't seen victory over sin in your life is because you have kept your flesh strong while trying to do spirit things. But one must be weakened in order for the other to be strengthened. What you end up doing when you're staying in the flesh and trying to do the things of the spirit, you're nullifying everything that God is trying to do. When we come into the house of God, that's why you will notice that when people fast, they see things more. They hear God better. There's better um, they're able to receive from the Spirit better because they have chosen deliberately. And that's what we're going to see in the life of Daniel. Daniel was deliberate about his actions. He was deliberate about his, um, his faith in God. And it was based on this that God will respond to him. So I want you guys to hear these things. I want you guys to please not be distracted and I want you guys to open up your hearts and let's allow God to remind us of his word so that we can be empowered to make wealth. Find a seat. So one thing I want you guys to say, one, stay there, stay there. so one thing I want you guys to, um, <coughs> before I go into the scripture, just something that is laid on my heart to say to you guys and I've been saying it to some of you guys. In this time of season, Spanishian is a, in a very, very, what I would describe a very, very scary season. In my own opinion, it's like everything that we've seen with Spat Nation, it is now that God is looking to pick his team. He's looking to pick because we'll see in the book of Daniel that both the devil and God are very specific and deliberate about the people that they want to use. Babylon will always be an expression or a proverb of Satan's kingdom, a kingdom that is ruled not by God of heaven, but by the God of this world. And you will see that even the king of Babylon will have certain criteria that man should meet in order for him to even want to use them. I told you before that the devil was so bold to ask of Peter because Peter was a mighty vessel. The only thing is that Peter will be a mighty vessel in the hand that he chooses to submit himself under. As far as he keeps, you know, Pastor Toby said to us the other day, if you commit sin, you are enslaved to it. Do you understand? So every time I engage in sin, I'm actually telling the devil that I am willing to work for you. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter about the temptation because there's no sin that's not common to man. And you will see that, listen, everything, and I have to say these things, Every sin that we could find ourselves struggling with, I want to let you know that there's someone that looks exactly like you. Someone that has the same, that has a head like you, that has arms like you, that eats food like you, that has been able to overcome it. The question that you have to ask yourself is that, why can that person overcome it and I can't? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves if we're going to ever. So the other day I said to you guys, if we're ever going to be able to take God serious, I mean, if God is ever going to take us serious, we have to first take him serious. So you remember I took you to Jeremiah 29. It says that if you become serious in seeking him, then you will find him. He will not hide his face any longer. So if God is still hiding his face from us, it's because we are not yet seeking him. We're not yet searching for him. We're not yet determined from our hearts to follow him. 
with everything that our heart contains. Are you listening to me, guys? So these are the things that we're going to begin to challenge our souls while we're struggling, while we're fighting, like Pastor Rico was saying, while we're fighting over our um, dominion against the flesh, we are going to have to supply the spirit with as much strength so that we can find victory in God. Because as far as we remain in the flesh, the Bible says that a man, um, the Bible says that we have made the law weaken because of us entering the realm of the flesh. Whenever we're in the flesh, the power of God is weakened. Can you imagine? Whenever we're in the realm of the flesh, you can be carrying out. So that's why the Bible says that these people, they, 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 uh, they, they do the things. I can't remember. The scripture's just gone out of my head, but the Bible is talking about religious people that they can do all these things, but they deny the power thereof. So you can imagine someone that is fasting, you should actually see the direct consequence of fasting is power. But you see no power because they stayed in the realm of the flesh. So they are carrying out God's law, but they weaken God's law because they remained in the realm of the flesh. These are things that we're going to have to tackle today. These are things that we tackle in the place of prayer. These are the things, this is the reason why we cannot relent in the place of prayer. Prayer is something we're going to have to continually, continually engage ourselves in. And that's why I said to you yesterday that we have to understand that we are city of David. The battle will never end. David in his youthful age will face Goliath. And in his old age, Goliath will try to come to him again. The Bible lets us know that Paul, at his young, zealous age, he will do things, he will fight, he will be aggressive about what he believes in. But in his old age also, he was still fighting. The Bible lets us know people like Caleb. Caleb will say things that I was... The strength I had in my youth, I still have at this old age. So you see, the people of God are not meant to grow weaker, they're meant to grow stronger. But that's because we continually abided in God's word, in the spirit, guys. So these are the things that we have to ask ourselves because again, I cannot lie to you any longer. I cannot say things that are are the religious jargons. Uh, That's why I uh, name them. I can't be saying these things to you any longer because the truth is, this is the make and break for our generation. Yeah. We've entered that season. Yeah. And I told you that Pastor Toby, when he went to go and preach at the Redeemed Church, he did all of the things he did and he told us that these people, no, they're in church. They come to even extracurriculum church services. So like the service that we go to. But Pastor Toby said to us that this is the generation that will never make it. You know, God says that because they did not believe, God spoke of the Israelites. I want, I want you guys to understand, when we start to talk about Daniel today, yeah, and that's, like I said, that's where we're mainly going to pitch our tent today. I want you guys to understand that whenever God begins to introduce a new man, it's because there's a generation that's about to pass. When God wants to introduce a new thing, there's an old thing that's about to pass. Here's the problem. Anyone can be part of that passing generation. In fact, the Bible actually shows us and speaks to us that, you see, when you listen to the story of the Israelites, God determined that these people will enter the land of Canaan. He said that in that land you will find milk. They will be flown with milk and honey, sweet things, good things. But you see, the problem is, is that because they refused to believe, God determined in his heart that these ones will not enter that new generation. They will not enter God's promise. And the sign we find of a generation that God has committed 
a person that God has committed to making sure they don't enter promise is that they will live this life, this life of wandering. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? They are wondering. They're always hoping to arrive somewhere, but they never arrive. They, and how you, how that individual, if we're to be real with ourselves now, we can know if we're a part of that generation because we're just continually, we've seen all of the power of God, all of the expressions of God, all of the words of God. We still seem to be falling in the realm of sin. That's a generation that has seen God. Many people have said, how, why is the Israelites so stubborn? They've seen God divide the waters. They've seen God do this in Egypt. They've seen God do this. But how did they keep going and sin, um, sinning against God? And I'm saying to myself, and God had to minister to my heart, we're not doing anything different. We're doing the exact same thing. We have heard the word of God. We hear it. Yesterday, Pastor Toby was in power base. Tomorrow, we will have a service again. Probably Friday, we'll have a service again. Sunday, we have a service. We keep hearing the word of God. And Pastor Toby has told us that this gospel that we hear is the power of God. So we see the expression of God's word over and over and over again but we're still falling that is a generation a stubborn generation a generation that has committed in their hearts that they will not obey god and let me tell you something the love of god is not expressed by how much i cry or how much i say i love you the love of god is expressed by how obedient we are to his word so this is what we want to enter this is the time that we enter the garden of Gethsemane and we're praying and I, yesterday we did a prophetic prayer whereby we prayed with helpers we're saying to ourselves that now we must enter because God said of the Israelites because they choose to not believe me and he spoke of it in Hebrews because they have chosen not to believe me what is going to happen is that I vow that they will never enter my rest but we know that entry into God's rest is labour that's why we pray the way we pray because we know that it will not be in vain if we keep laboring and labor sometimes you feel like giving up but you stop pushing because you understand that there's life within yourself and if you give up too early not only would you destroy the life of the one you're trying to push out but you may also destroy your own life so we keep laboring because we know that this is only a sign like possible um, Enrique was saying birth pangs that uh, the pain this is only expression that this something we're about to give birth to. So we can't stop. In fact, we're too far in to give up. Yes. It will be too costly for us to go back now. So these are things that we have to ask ourselves. I'm in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm in that place whereby I'm praying and I'm fighting against myself. And I'm saying to God, like, uh, like the scripture that was made reference of today, with vehement cries, I'm begging God, Lord, let me not fall into the realm of disobedience. It's too costly. And the painful thing is that God may not take your life straight away. The disobedience of Adam did not result in him dying straight away, but he died. It did not result. So I don't want to live this life. And that's why I've always asked God that God, if you're determined, I don't care about how old I am. I don't care about if I have a son or family or if people are saying, no, no, you never die. I said to God, God, if you've made up your mind that you're done with using me, take my life. Because I definitely don't want to be the one wandering in the desert. So we're going to go into the um, scripture. There's, like I said, there's a number of scriptures. So let me just say this, like I've been saying to some people. It's now, because one of the biggest things that can make you miss God is your feelings, emotions. I said to, and I was just thinking, when I went upstairs, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about, I don't know if it's like this time last year or so, when I got the instruction to leave you for a 
and I think it was a bit later that I physically now left. <coughs> and I remember when I got the instruction, I came, it was in the Mitchum house, I came upstairs, and I've, as soon as I walked in, as soon as everything has been said, I remember that day I was in the car, and many thoughts were running through my mind. I was saying to myself, God, what about all the visions we saw concerning youth revival? This same voice that's led me and has led the brothers and has led all of us, in fact, because that work was all of us doing. But that same voice that showed us different things that we saw happen still spoke of things that we have not yet seen. So what happens to that? I was saying, Lord, I don't want to be missing. I don't want to be missing from this. I said everything. I begged God, I said, if there's any wrong I've done that has made you say that you don't want me a part of this, forgive me. But I said all of these things, Pastor Toby still gave the instruction. And I remember that with, and let me be honest with you, tears, like the sorrow that was in my heart was more than I've, I've experienced in years. I'm not someone that, you know what, I'm not someone that cries, but listen, I could not express myself any other way. And, I was, and the only thing I would hear God, God will not promise me of anything tomorrow. The only thing he would say is that, listen, obey your spiritual leaders. That's the one thing I just kept hearing, obey. So when I walked into that room, as soon as I got into the house, uh, there's some people that said that they were able to tell the verdict by the way I walked into the house. But as soon as I got into my room, I just fell on the floor, prostrated, and I was crying. But I remember me saying these things. I was like, God, I will obey for the sake of my people. I remember kept repeating that. And was, I remember I attempted to stand up to come back downstairs about three times. Every time I stood up, the tears would come back in. So I had to prostrate and Pastor Ben. Uh, imagine an emotional time like that. Pastor Ben will use that as a time to mock me. <laughs> use it as a time to mock me. Yeah, you remember you were using me as better after. And you're saying that you came into the room and you're just like, hey, the guy will finish. <laughs> but do you know what I learned from that? God does not take into consideration and he does not care about your emotions. Because he sees tomorrow. You don't see. So you're crying out of ignorance. No matter how you think it is, you're crying out of ignorance because only he knows tomorrow. <coughs> so he tells us to obey today because our tomorrow, we should not be living life hopeful of a tomorrow. We should be living life because we love God. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. Obedience takes us day by day. So I remember all that God would say is obey your spiritual leaders. He will not show me anything ahead of this. But all I said is that I will yield. I just kept saying these things. So what I'll say to you guys is that emotions, temptations, all these fights, we will fight them, it will not cease. But we must get to a place, I think I was telling Tomoa, I was saying you must get to a place whereby obedience supersedes your emotions. Your obedience, so I've said to people, listen, if you have to cry to obey, cry and obey. Because in a very short while, you will begin to rejoice. Are you hearing me, guys? So obedience is what we're pushing, we're pressing into. This is what we're looking for from God. Because today, if God's going to raise a man, it's because there's a certain obedience that they're carrying out and that they're going to carry at a higher stage now. Are you hearing me? I want us to, I don't even know, because of the number of scriptures, I don't even know uh, what scriptures to start off with. But let's go to... Maybe the shortest one I'll read. Let's go to Mark 2 from verse 18. We're going to read um, all scriptures in NIV. 
was making mention of how I've become numb. And when he was saying it, I was just listening. And I didn't become numb by myself. And I think someone said it. The numbness is produced. I think it was Esther Clark. She made a comment. Numbness is, um, she said, increased my pain threshold, I think she said. Was it you? Blessing, yeah, it was blessing. Increase my pain threshold until I become numb. That's exactly how God's going to make us numb. Do you understand? The sufferings of a man, the disciplines of God, is that you are somewhat entitled to something, but God denies it of you. And that pain, I've used, this is a very small thing to use, but it it still teaches the lessons. It it, it still um, helps me get to the point I'm trying to get to. It's just like the Pastor Rico, you remember that day we was coming back from Mount Movers, that's our old church. And I was dropping everyone home, so we was on our way to drop Pastor David all the way in uh Carshorton, yeah. We was going there and was talking and then I just interrupted everyone and I was like, Oh God told me that he's gonna bless me with a car, but he's gonna take this car. And at that time I was driving a um, BMW one series. So I remember everyone was just like, all of us was like, okay, amen, amen. Like, there's no proof of anything, but it was like, amen. I, we all believed it, don't get twisted, but okay, very random, it was mid-combo. And I think it was like a few weeks later that the, my, my BMW was taken. Now, when it was taken, I wasn't too upset because the word had already come. So now in my immaturity, I'm expecting something straight away. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> the... the Ah. So I remember one day, it was after the seven-day fasting, one of the first seven-day fastings we did in SPAC. And then I think it was like, towards the latter part at the end, um, <laughs> so I don't want to say Corinne's because it's not Corinne's, but um, Manny, who used to be with us, I don't think you guys remember, not Manny that used to be Radical soldier, another man. Amelia's dad. Amelia's dad. dad. So he looked at me and he's like, by the way, bro, where's your car? Now, because I was embarrassed to say that it was taken, I didn't see it. But I was just like, yeah, it's just gone in it. And he was like, no, man, you guys used to travel up. Like, he he acknowledged that we used to go up to his places with the car. So he was just like, ah, I've got one of the cars in it. Oh, because he had the. a rental com- company in it. So he said, oh, there's one of the cars, and I believe that was one of the be- best cars he had in it. One of the best cars he had, right? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he offered that car to me. Now, listen, I was trying to do humble, humble, yeah? But you see, in the depths of me, I was so excited. You know why? It was a three door, I prefer three doors than five doors. This one even had the sun thing, so you could, um, yeah, the pan roof thing. And I was thinking to myself, I was even trying to use logic. You know when you use your mind to try and logic out God? No, 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 because we all do it, and I want you guys to hear me. You know when you use your mind to try and work out God? So I said to myself, you know what? Um, When I had the um, one series, yeah, I didn't spend many months paying for it. So it's like I spent a, little, a few months paying for the car, that car went, and God bought that exact car back. Yeah. But something I would prefer better. So I was excited, I was excited. 
So I was getting ready now. This thing was playing on my heart. You can imagine every day you're just expecting the car any day now. And then you hear, okay, yeah, I'm just going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Then we hear that it's someone's crashed the car. I'm thinking, okay, cool. But he, you know, if you know Manny, Manny is like a robot. He can fix anything. <laughs> so I was fine. I was all chill. You understand? But then, listen, I, I knew that this was God. Because someone is, he's taking it to the garage or something, long story short. I won't spend time in this anyway. Long story short, because of the damage, water had entered the car. So the water had affected the electrical system of the car. So there were many little problems that created a big problem. So it was possible that I remember calling people. I, I even said to myself, you know what? I was so itchy to get the car that I started putting my own effort to get the car. So I remember saying to him, you know what, Dory, um, I'll call, I'll call whoever I need to call and I'll get it fixed. I had the money to get it fixed. Even as I'm calling them now, the people that will fix the car, they said that this is actually, the person that fixes the car, the mechanic actually said to me, I advise that you just get rid of the car. It's that bad to fix. Now, you can imagine how heartbroken I was because I've already, like with my brothers, I've already said, listen, blessing has already come. You understand? Like, imagine after the fasting, God has responded, you know? Like, all these things that just made it look like it was God. Now, definitely, God was involved in that situation, but he was trying to prepare me. So, long story short, after months of trying that car, to the point that, you remember we used to drive it, and the steering wheel was mad stiff, it was terrible. Like, inside, I remember when people looked at inside, they used to laugh at me, I was just like, but long story short, gave up with that car. Shortly after, randomly, um, um, Pastor David came with a car outside Youth Revival when it was in Oak and Road. It was the Range Rover Evoke, yeah? Black. I remember that day I came and drove the car and then someone said, oh, it looks good on you. And I was like, you see this car? Huh? Pastor, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, 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 this car I'm going to get. We came to service one day. Long story short, I'm trying to rush through the story so we can get into scripture. Pastor Alex just comes to me, taps me like this. It's like, congratulations. That's how he tapped me. You know he's already tall. Like, just came. Congratulations. I was like, for what? I was like, the car's now yours. So I was like, guys, imagine I was complaining about one series, but God was preparing a Range Rover Evoke for me. You know it's, huh? Evoke, sorry. So I was like, I was very excited, very excited. So now I'm waiting for this car. They said, oh yeah, because of some finances that they needed, they've rented the car out. But in a week, he'll be back. Every week became in a week again. I think it went like three months. And eventually, I'm just saying to myself, even me, I started saying to myself, I don't even want this car. By the time I'm driving it, everyone around me is saying, yeah, they've, they've driven the car as well. And I'm hearing that it's been crashed and all of these things. I was just, I lost faith in that. So it got to a point that I got to myself, I remember even, there was one time that Pastor Toby had a meeting with me. And he was talking to me, he was talking about getting me a car. And I remember coming back to Pastor Enrique and I was saying, listen, I don't even care about a car. The car thing has broken my heart so much that I've become numb to it. Bear in mind, I've told you some of the things that Pastor Enrique did to me. 
understand? So it wasn't intentional, but he did to me. I, I, I never forget, and I must repeat the story. You understand? Yes, sir. We've come from the house together. Yeah? We've got to church. You remember what you can say, yeah? We've left the house together. I'm in this car. Get to church. Huh? We've got to church now. I didn't even give a shit. We've got to church now. So I'm not. Listen, logically, I'm not going to think of how I'm going to get home. I remember. And you know the car was low, you know what I'm thinking, that's neat thing, so it just looks so nice. So I remember I was walking towards the car, and I can't remember who was even in the passenger seat. It's probably someone like Joe. I can't remember. So I'm like, so I tried to relay the question without relaying the question because I'm embarrassed, didn't it? The car's occupied, and he's gone. He's gone. I remember days, there was one day yeah, that um, passed uh, for someone's birthday, and we all had to go. Um, to this um, dinner. So all the main pastors of SPAC were there. And when we got there, because I went with Pastor Ashley, when we got there, we realized that they've done this couple thing. So each pastor sit opposite their partner. So I've come, we've come, they've sat us, they've reserved the seat. After the service, I mean, after the um, restaurant, everyone just got up. I went in the car. I looked at even Pastor Oli, a big Range Rover. He drove past me with Pastor Oli. We live close to each other. So let me not lie here. Let me tell you, there's some things I don't voice out yet, but the pain was crazy. It was crazy, so much pain. But then randomly, one day, Pastor Toby's provoked with a. Um, with someone getting a car, so he said he's just provoked and I've got two. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, Pastor Jenny And I was just like, car. I remember making a comment, I was like, I need that grace so I can be provoked to just get two like that. And it was like, oh, there's no need because one of them are yours. So he came here with the car. Now, let me tell you about the blessings of God. When God says he wants to bless you, it is not your effort. Yeah. Yeah. Because every other car, I tried to have my effort in it. When this car came, I personally couldn't get a Range Rover Vogue because it's more expensive, especially in leasing. Spending like two, what Pastor Toby's paying for that car is about 2000 2005 a month for that car. So before that, Pastor Sam was trying to get me to get a car because there was different times, I've skipped the story, there's different times I tried to get a car, but when I wanted to, something else came up, so I gave that money instead of buying a car or getting out a car. And I remember, the first issue was that, okay, they know that financially it's going to be hard for me to get a vote. But they said, okay, if you can contribute a thousand or one five a month, then the bad, the rest of it, Pastor Toby will cover. But when Pastor Toby got the car, it's like, I don't want you paying for it. Because um, he was saying that I shouldn't pay, we shouldn't bring one thousand nothing. He wants to pay everything. On top of that, because I'm now 25, I don't pay insurance. Insurance is automatically covered. So I don't pay for anything. Then I realized, when this car came, I realized that's the blessing of God. Because you can't say it had any of your involvement. Yeah. Because if it was left to me, I would have thought the um, one series was a blessing. No, listen to me, because, because we don't have the ability to wait, we miss God's provision. Because we only judge according to what we see now. But anyway, God will give us the ability to be patient. 
But let's get into scripture actually. So let's go to what scripture did I say we'll start with? Mark 2, verse 18. Okay, let's just read a few scriptures then we'll get into it. Mark 2, 18. He's going to read for me. Abby said, I saw that. Where's Remy? Remy's not here, is she? Huh? Work. Okay. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, Are you reading an NIV? Read an NIV for me. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast whilst he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. Amen. Now, First of all, let's just, I'll come back and I'll treat this briefly after. But when we read this scripture, many times when I've read it, I've approached this scripture as there was an issue between the Pharisees, so let's just say the leaders of the synagogue here, and Jesus Christ. But there was never a reference that Jesus Christ was not fasting. The issue was between two leaders and their kids, so to speak. Two leaders and their followers. Christ, why are your followers, Jesus, why are your followers not fasting? But John's followers and the Pharisees' followers and so and so, they fast. Why are you guys not fasting? And Christ replied and he said, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them and on that day they will fast now i want you to have that keep that in mind let's go to daniel 1 and let's just talk about daniel briefly so that we can pray i really want us to understand why we fast because let me tell you something like i said to you the other day the success rate of God with people is very low. Every time you see scripture, God God has even said it that he saves with little. He doesn't save with many. Do you understand? So what what the duties of the leaders of COD, what the duty of Pastor Toby is, is that how can we make all of us here enter God's success rate? Rather than us being here today and failing tomorrow. You know, there's some people, and as a leader, this is why the gifts of the Spirit are necessary. You need to be able to know what God is saying per time. Because someone can come and say something that is very, very good. You know, someone spoke to me today, and they, they brought forward a, suggest, uh, a suggestion there, yeah, and they wanted my input. And I said, I will respond to you later. Now I'm going to respond. Now, what they asked me, was a very good thing. It shows good leadership. It shows that you're trying to raise another person. It's just that if you do that too soon, that you would definitely do, but if you do that too soon, you thought you was raising someone, you've just replaced yourself. I'm telling you, it was a good suggestion, no lie. But the other day I sat here and I was like, I've just seen somebody who the enemy is fighting. I said it while I was standing here. 
who the enemy is fighting, and your play, your position has been replaced. Now, a few days later, you've come physically because things happen first in the spirit before it happens physically. And that exact same person has come and they want to offer someone to take up their position. And that person was the exact same person that sold you. Now, that's not because the person is bad. This is why we have leadership. This is why what I'm speaking to you now, we cannot be settled with doing the work of God based on logic. Because you can be doing something that is good but it's not God, and you lose yourself. Are you hearing me? There will be a time for that. So like I said, I'm answering the person, you're not in the wrong, there'll be a time for that. But it's my duty as a leader to tell you, now is not the time. Because today looks good, tomorrow you realize that there'll be no position or place for yourself. I hope everyone hears me clearly. Daniel, let's go to the book of Daniel. So keep that scripture in mind. I'm telling you guys, you see God here. Yeah. We need we need to embrace the fear of God. Again, our duty, how do we make sure that all of us make it? Because you see, I've said this before, many are called, very few will be chosen. Yeah. And let me tell you something about that. You would think, you know, when we hear that um, few are chosen, it we have this perception that God then looks and says, okay, I'm picking you, I'm picking you, I'm picking you, I'm picking you, I'm not picking you, I'm picking you. It's not that. You can choose, like Bishop will say, you can choose to be chosen. There's some things you can make up in your mind to do that will make you fall in the category of those chosen. But you see, when we say that many are called and few are chosen, what we have to understand is that the opportunity to rise has been made known to many. But make very few respond to it. Let me tell you, and I want you guys to remember that the scripture does say, to, to whom much is given, much is required. We can never think, and that's why we need to look at Daniel. And almost every time we get into fasting, we have to look at this guy. Because there's some extraordinary things he did that made him extraordinary. Yeah. It wasn't that God really picked him, because that will not be just of God. But there were certain things that he did. Now, you see, in the eyes of Saul, in the eyes of David's brother, it would look like David rose out of the sudden. But it's when we look at the book of Psalms or when we look in the scripture and we know that this guy was diligent with his father's work in the backside of the desert, we know that God prepared him from the, for the limelight. So let me tell you something, there's nothing that God does. He will not just pick Tony and say, I'm just choosing to raise her up. There's things that she has done that God has been watching and God says, I can use her. It's not that he just bestows anything because God also knows that Jesus Christ critically had to pick his disciples. Why would he pick someone like Peter? Peter will show things that he's willing to step out into the unknown. When he steps out on the waters, he does not know how he's going to step out into the world. But because he believed he's had, he had his, and Joel led us in this powerful prayer, he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. Yes. And as far as he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus, he can go into the world. He can walk on water too. So why wouldn't God use someone like him? When God asks him questions, he's the first to answer. He got himself in trouble. I don't think any of the other disciples were made reference to as the devil. But in his zeal to follow Christ, to answer Christ, to um, do everything that will please Christ, 
he was also criticized. So this is why I say to people, do not be f- afraid of correction. Correction is necessary for you to get to where you're going. People want to be um, applauded for from the beginning to the end in order to feel like God is using them. No, God says that we should not despise or take lightly the disciplines of God because this discipline is committed to those that are regarded as sons of God. And if we anyhow miss the discipline of God, we actually turn out to be an illegitimate child. No, I want to be, um, what's the word? I want to be, I want to have the right to the inheritance. I don't want to feel like I can just grab it. There's something that I need to have. So the disciplines of God, the corrections of God are necessary. It can come hard. It can feel like you're being acted, but it's necessary because God wants to make you a legitimate child. Are you hearing me, guys? So I asked God, I used to pray prayers until we heard that. I used to pray prayers. Um, you know, before we knew that it's not a good thing for God to humble you. We used to pray prayers like God humbled us. Until I heard the story, and I've said this before, that someone, um, um, the, hum- the humbling process of God was someone growing a tumor on their face. I said to myself, I don't want no tumor. <laughs> Definitely not my face. So I would choose to humble myself, because that's what the scripture says. The scripture says, humble yourselves. Yeah? Are you ready for us to read the scripture? Okay, let's go to Daniel. Let's, go on. In the third year of the reign of Jehovah, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Okay, stop there. So, you know, like, today, and I think Paris was next to me when I was doing it, I decided to the scripture but like I said to you what I'm speaking to you about I've spoken to you guys about before but I decided to study the scripture you know sometimes when we're when we're given names in scripture until the Holy Spirit gives us understanding we will not know why it was relevant or why it was necessary that the Holy Spirit detailed the name of certain people like Pastor Toby always says to us I think the one thing when I know you see for me when I'll know that I'm really grown in the spirit is when I'm able to get revelation from when it says, and so-and-so begot, so-and-so. You know that whole, begot, begot. Then I'll know that, yeah, I'm in line with God. Do you understand? Because you see that one? I've said it to myself. I've actually said it in my heart. I believe there's no revelation there. I don't care. But when we look at this Bible, and you must, there are things, remember that the Bible is a code. I've told you a language that God speaks in. This language is called love. So it will be silent to the world, but it will be audible to the people that are of love. Children of love will hear the silent God speak. From beginning to the end, there's always been an issue with where is God? God, listen, before the fall of man, man never had an issue with hearing God. Every day, the God of heaven, the God that created the heavens and the earth, will come in the cool of the day and begin to speak with Adam. (coughs) But as soon as Adam will fall, God will ask a question that in turn will make man always ask questions of God. God will have to ask a question, Adam, where are you? Now, I've said to you guys that this question was beyond his physical location. Listen, hey, God is God. You think he don't know where Adam is? But what he was asking for is because there was a glorious Adam that became lost. 
when he sinned. And you see, so since that time, men will constantly ask of God. God will be doing things, but they'll be saying, where is God? Where's the God of our fathers that our fathers used to tell us about, the God of miracles? Where's this God? Um, when Job went through his situations, he began to ask many questions. Life will make you start asking questions of God. So that's why we find in this day and age, there are people, there are atheists, there are um, people that used to believe and they have questions of God. They don't know that the questions of God is only a reflection of the fallen state of Adam. In turn, you will ask questions of God. But listen, so the Bible says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Now, one thing we have to understand here is that the power of God, and I want you guys to know, now when we're talking about the power of God, we're talking about, um, how can I say <coughs> the active power of God. So when I'm saying like the sky changing and all of those things, the power of God is the problems we face. I want you guys to think about it. The power of God that was ministered yeah, to the Egyptians was the problems that came their way. That was the problem. That was the power of God. That's how they saw the power of God. The problems that were created. So we already know, and I've said this to you before, that the Bible says that one will come in the power of Elijah. Yeah. And he will be the forerunner of the Christ. <coughs> and it was from that scripture that the Bible then goes on to say that the disciples then knew that Elijah did actually come through the life of John. Yeah. So I've said to you guys before that you see your problems, they are your prophets. They are your forerunners. The problems that come were instigated by God to identify you. Because you came to the world, but they did not recognize you. They did not know you were the solution. And the reason why they didn't know is because, you see, you've always asked yourself, okay, let me use the example of me being a preacher, yeah, for example. People would think that in order for me to preach, I will have to study. But I've told you that the word of God identifies you. Remember, I've told you that. So a lot of the words that we actually do speak did not come from study. You only just discovered that it was already in you. So you see, what happened is that the world could not recognize Christ because, like Pastor Mike said today, he was stripped of his glory. They've always ever seen the word of God in his glory. No, the Bible says in the end time, they will see the Son of Man coming in his glory. Then all, all nations will cry out for him. So in his glory state, they identify that he's the Son of God. Yeah. But because the glory was stripped for him to be able to take the body of flesh, they could not recognize him. No, so when Pastor Toby is saying things like, there are treasures in earthen vessels, you still don't understand me, do you guys? No, no, no. In this day and age, okay. The city of David is simply, yeah? uh, I want to use the word, no, it's a shadow. Yeah? The city of David is a shadow of the city of God. Because God always sought for a man. Yeah? And the man he found was a man after his own heart. Pastor Toby has given us an expression that God found himself. Yeah. Yeah? So the city of David is an expression, is a shadow of the city of God. In this city of God, let me just give you an example. 
in this city of God, there's no night season. It's all light. Okay, one of the expressions what I want you to understand from that is that in the city of God, there's full transparency. You know, you've seen the Bible that lets us know that when we enter, we will know all things. I'm paraphrasing some scriptures. But when we enter life, we will know all things. You will not have to be taught. There will be no need for prophecy which is in part because you will know all things. But you see, when we're seeing transparency, so this is why someone like the great David, if David was a man that had the heart of God, and our leader has expressed David as God finding himself in this realm, God's life is fully light. In other words, it's fully transparent, right? So we must see the full transparency of a man called David. So you see, the life of David, if we don't see his sin, if the Bible does not make transparent his sin. So you see for us here, what what makes us weak is that we try to keep our darkness in darkness. But I have to ask myself, this great David, God made sure that as great as this guy was, he will forever be stained by that sin of when he took another man's wife. Because in the city of God, there will be nothing hidden. So that's why the Bible will say to us things like, you know, um, the, the Bible will say things like, in the, there will be nothing that is hidden that will not be uncovered. In this city of God, everything is transparent. I'm just using this as one of the expressions. I'm not saying that's the only thing. But this is one of the reasons why David, his life will be continuously. It doesn't matter, generation to generation. As far as we know that God loves him, we will also know that this guy did a terrible sin. Because this city of David, this man who is a reflection, a shadow of God, he must dwell, if he has a city, that city must also be fully transparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you understand. So why am I saying that when we're doing the covenants, when we're making our covenants that we should be accountable, it's because you're making yourself like David. Yeah. As great as you will be, you must also allow that the wrongs you have, let it be a lesson to another person. Because you see, the people or the city of God, listen to me, the city of God will still be built by earthen, earthen vessels that has treasure. No, it will always be the weak that found themselves to become strong. That will build God's camp. That's why you see throughout scripture, Moses, as big as you thought he was, he still ran away. And he ran and did not return for 40 years. You knew that fear gripped the guy. No, no. I, I told you when you read scripture, think of it practically. You've lived 40 years in a place. That's all you know as home. One situation has happened and you've run. And one year didn't pass and you think, you know what, let me go back and try and mend things. Your fear kept you for 40 years. When you were being sent back, you were still questioning God. Everyone that God sends to build his temple are seemingly weak. That's why they couldn't believe Christ. Like Pastor Toby was saying to us, why they couldn't believe Christ is because the Savior they were expecting was a man of glory, a man of power. But this guy was a carpenter. He was a weak guy. But you must understand that in the city of God, like the city of David, there will be the weakness visible to make God strong. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So anyway, the Bible lets us know because I'm seeing I'm just going all over the place now. I've lost, okay, Daniel. The Bible says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, 
Now we know Judah was God's people, right? Yes, sir. yes or no? Yes, sir. We know that Judah is God's people. And the Bible says Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So the power of darkness was able to suppress the power of God. Yeah. I need you guys to understand it like this. The power, in fact, you know, today I decided to study the name Jehoiakim. I don't know why I decided to. And the meaning of Jehoiakim is Yahweh raises up. So God raised this man up. Now, when you study the story of Joachim, Joachim was one of the most wicked kings, though. Yeah. I, I need to, because sometimes, let me tell you something. Yeah. God will have to raise up darkness yeah. for light to come. Yeah. He raises it up. Yeah. Do you understand? So Joachim, like I said, Yahweh raises up. This guy in his third year, this three is always going to be prophetic. And you will think in the time of God, in the time of, like, so we know that three is the prophetic. In that time that we know is prophetic for us, it seemingly looked like darkness was able to over, overpower God. Yeah. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came and um, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Now, this story of, and this is why you need to study the Bible, because this expression this story is found in jeremiah it's found in the book of kings it's found in chronicles you'll realize that there are other prophets that you've been reading about that was alive during this time do you understand this time when it, um, jerusalem was besieged by babylon was the time when people like jeremiah were operating and if you study the book of jeremiah you would know that god actually prophesied to the people because of your disobedience I am going to cause Babylon my servant. Listen to me. Because I told you before that even Satan is the servant of God. My servant Babylon will come and take this land. Yeah, It will take you back to Babylon. Now, because these people grew up... Listen to me. I hope you guys are not in a rush or anything. Yeah? Because... Listen. Because, yeah... Um, because Judah, or let me see, the Israelites were grown and were taught about God, they already knew that they were special prized possessions before God. So for them to go to another nation, it was really belittling of them. I need you guys to hear these things. It was very, very belittling for them to allow, they knew that they had the God that controls the whole heaven and earth. So for a smaller nation, though Babylon to the world was the biggest, it was belittling that a nation like Babylon would be able to suppress them as far as they have God amongst themselves. Now, what I need you to understand is that, now Jeremiah now said, because here's the situation you guys need to understand. I said to you, and this is why I hope that you listen to me here. I said to you that the power of God is reflected as problems. Yeah? The power of God is hardly ever seen within the church. I need you guys to hear that. The power of God you will see it occasionally in the synagogues. But more time you see the power of God reflected in the world. Here's the issue. God is so powerful that he can use your mistakes and it will still fulfill his plan. So the people of God has disobeyed God, yeah? And God has determined that now I'm going to hand you over to my servant Babylon, yeah? I'm going to, not, sorry, my servant Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, anyway. 
I'm going to hand you over. But what, one of the prophecies that God said to Jeremiah, so thank God we did the Bible reading. One of the prophecies that God said to Jeremiah is that the people that will make it yeah. are the people that does not try to stop Babylon from taking them. I want you guys to be exposed to the wisdom of God. When God wants to reveal his power, I said to you about Joseph, that God will seemingly betray Joseph. Covenant will betray Joseph because God needs to reflect his power in Egypt, not in Israel. No, no. And so this is why we understand why we're weak because the church just wants to show power to themselves. But God needs to show power to Pharaoh. So when God sees that these people are becoming idle and they don't understand the gospel because part of the commission of the gospel is now go out into the world and make disciples. But we're choosing to stay within ourselves. So sometimes what God will have to do is that he will have to himself deliver you into the hands of the devil. Should I tell you why? Because the womb of God will forever be the earth. The womb of God will forever be the world. Listen to me. If God wants to multiply the Son of God, He sends the Son of God to the earth. Then there will be many that will be um, produced. If God wants us to sow a seed and to produce many, He says that. If God wants us to produce a tree, He says sow it again into the ground. The ground is forever going to be the womb of God. If a man, unless a kernel of wheat or whatever it says, falls to the ground, it remains to be alone. When I can put myself intimately into the ground, then I can multiply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you sure you're listening yes, to what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So, God, knowing that he wanted to reveal his power to the world through his people, he delivered them. And the prophecy of Jeremiah, because Jeremiah was warning the king, and the king's heart was stubborn. And Jehoiakim, the one that Yahweh raised up, yeah, he would take the scroll of God because in that day a prophet would have scribes. Yeah, when he prophesies, the scribes will write it out, and then the scribes would then read it back to the people. This king that God raised up was so wicked that when scribes comes and reads it to him, he would tear up. He will tear up the part of the scroll that is insulting into him, and he will throw it into fire. And because of his constant stubbornness, God now confirmed what he will now do. And he delivered these people to Babylon. But you see, to the people that he had a plan with, he said to them, do not rebel against Babylon. Allow yourselves to go. The ones that rebelled, so I don't know if you guys remember the Bible reading here, if you did it. There was a time that the Bible says that if any of you try to escape going to Babylon and try to go to Egypt, along the way you will die. Do you remember that? The instruction of God was, yes, I'm submitting you to the devil. So if God wants a pastor Toby to multiply, he's going to have to deliver him to the world. If not, he will remain by himself. When God wants to create a new breed, remember that this world is a system that multiplies. So God needs you to subdue it, but he needs you to enter it. Are you hearing me, guys? So let's go back to Daniel. Uh, Read for me, please. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. 
Young men without any physical, physical defect, handsome, show an aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Okay, stop this. So let's break this down. So there's a process for even the king of Babylon, who will represent the devil's kingdom. There will be a process before any person is shortlisted to be used. The reason why God hates lukewarm Christians or lukewarm people is because you're useless both sides. Should I tell you what makes me know and makes me fear God even more? Is that even if you don't choose to be on his side, if he was on the side of the devil, you're still working for him. You're still working for him. So there's many of us that we've lived in the world who've done things, we were mighty vessels in the hands of the devil. But you it's only now that you've come to God that you realize he was actually serving God. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you had to experience people, you had to offend people, so that before their eyes, God will show them the change, and now you will be able to reach out to them. Servants. The power power and the sovereignty of God is one to be feared, guys. God is too powerful for us to escape. The Bible says as before, if I try to bury myself in the ground, I cannot hide from you. If I try to ascend to the heavens, I cannot hide from you. God is all in all. He's the first and upholding principle. There's no escape from God's hands. This is what I need you guys to understand. So we can choose to be on the better side, but this better side would take acute obedience. You're going to have, I'm going ahead of myself, You see, Daniel, you're going to have to be able to be people that resolve in your heart that you will not be defiled in this kind of way. You will not allow the food of the kings to defile you. Okay, just because of time, I keep missing. So the Bible, let me just read from a bit. So I've I've skipped something. I've taught you guys about never feeling like you're doing nothing. I don't want to go back into that. In the days that you're doing nothing, I've taught you guys from 2 Timothy. Do you remember, right? Cleanse yourself. Yeah? I've taught you that. And then you can be a vessel to God. So we see that this Bible, because when the Bible says, then he carried off, um, he took along with some articles. Pastor Toby has taught us previously before that these articles were not just items. They were people. The enemy was able to carry out. You know, when God wants to do something, when Jesus is to be glorified, Jesus will be glorified not in the hands of the disciples, but in the hands of the Gentiles. He'll be glorified in the hands of his enemies. That's why God prepares a table even in the presence of your enemies. Your enemies must be very present for God's power to be revealed. God has no need of revealing the power of God through Pastor Vicky to the glory because glory is already saved. Do you understand me? So if we want to see the power of God, we must be weakened. We must be delivered as slaves into the world. But if we can keep up 
the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is really just doing things God's way. Yeah. That's the kingdom of God. There's a kingdom of this earth, but there's also the kingdom of God. So if I can enter the world, but with God's principles and with God's mindset and with the ways of God, then I will be able to climb to high heights. I told you before that the prosperity of God will never be by your work. It will never be by how intellectual you are. It will never be by the, the contacts or the investors you have. When God sees you're ready, when you have done certain things, he will cause these things to come almost overnight. What fears me is that almost every single person in scripture that God honored, their blessings came almost like it was a sudden blessing. Think about it. Abraham made a mistake going into Egypt. He left Egypt with the gold. Israel left Egypt with the gold. Um, Peter, to the world, he was just a fisherman. After three years, they didn't see him for the three years. But after three years, he just rose and he's now the leader of um, at least 3,000 people in the church of his first day of receiving the Holy Spirit. When God is ready to raise a man, Joseph, it was one problem, the power of God, that only the prophet, oh no, the prophet had to announce to the solution. The prophet had to announce the Christ. So when the problem came to Egypt, only Joseph can rise as the savior. So overnight, he received a promotion. These overnight promotions come from years of sitting, years of choosing God's word, rather than the king's food. The king's food will be told of you that it will make you look beautiful. But, uh, okay, let's just read it. I want you to see it from scripture. So, then the king ordered Ashkenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect, handsome, <coughs> showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned to them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years like the disciples. And after that, they, will be, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen Lord, were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belshazzar, <laughs> to, <laughs> to Michelle, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to devour himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to devour himself this way. Okay, stop there. Now, when we look in the scripture, yeah, I want you guys to look at this, yeah? So I'm just trying to show you. So, like I said, there was a criteria of the people that will be shortlisted for the king's service, right? Are you still here with me, guys? Yes, sir. The Bible then tells us things like they will have to learn the language and the literature of the Babylonians, right? Because they must know how to communicate with the people that God wants them to dominate over. I've told you this before, and I want you to always remember this, that the way God operates here, your church members are not the people you sit next to. 
God is forever raising leaders. His church are people, leaders, that will go into the world and then they will disciple people. Yeah? Uh, is that the right way to say it? They will lead people, let me just say it like that. Now, their language, them having the nation's language, the world's language, was not a problem. That did not defile them. Now, I want you guys to be able to see Spat Nation in this. Because they talk like the world does not mean that they're not of God. Are you listening to me? The issue also wasn't that they received names from the world. Because Daniel's name was changed to the tongue that um, Finley just said. That did not defile them either. Just because the world names you. You know, sometimes they will say that, oh, you're cold. So you feel like yeah, you've done something that made you defiled in the eyes of God. No. The naming of you cannot defile you. The dressing cannot defile you. But what can defile you is if you eat their food. Why? Because it can influence the things inside of you. What the enemy is always trying to do, let me tell you something. The word of God will forever be the stone. Do not um, trade the stone for bread. Let me basically explain that. The word of God is your hard situations. Don't trade your hard situations for better. God has made you more than conquerors, right? (laughs) So childish. Do you remember when that guy was like, conquerors? Conquerors. Sorry. Our hard situations will forever be the stone. It will forever be the word of God. It will forever be the word of God. Now, Daniel resolved, made up his mind that it doesn't matter if this is what is appreciated by the world. I'm not going to conform to this. What I've come to speak to you guys about is simply the fasted life. It's the fasted life that I want to speak to you. Listen, and let me tell you something because unless Diana makes decisions in her life now, God is not in any way going to feel obliged to just show up in a girl's life. There's things that she will have to do first that will provoke God. I've told you when I was speaking in a revival church, God will forever sit on the old, on his throne, but it will take mankind to provoke God into action. God is comfortable in his rest. Until we call him into battle like David did, he's not going to fight. Are you hearing me, guys? So the Bible now says, among, I'm not going to try and say their names, but verse 8, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now, I want you guys to pay attention to this. The Holy Spirit found it fit to name four men at the beginning of the scripture. <clears throat> but what caused a separation was not God. It was Daniel's resolve. No, there was four of them that came. The Holy Spirit found it fit to name all four. But when Daniel said to himself that I will not allow myself yeah. to be defiled, yeah. it immediately singled him out. God found his man. Why did God find his man? Because there was a man willing not to conform to this world. And again, because what fasting really is will shock you. What fasting really is 
What God is looking for, why are we fasting? Everyone can fast, but we have chosen to fast. We have, we have chosen to weaken, to afflict our flesh. I told you before that if the prophets of Baal found themselves, cutting themselves in yeah. order to get attention from a God, I want you guys to understand that it will always be our pain that will attract God. No, remember what the Bible says in the book of, of Exodus or whatever. The Bible was talking about the Israelites when they cried. He then decided to answer. Your pain is what's drawing God closer to you. Have you forgotten that he's a father for his child? Your pain is what attracts the attention of God. But you know what the world wants to do? It wants to keep you comfortable so that there's no cry. So that there's no need for a father to come to you. So when we fast like this, do you know what we're doing? We're deliberately harming ourselves, drawing the attention of our father. That's what we're doing. But I want you guys to listen because, you see, the Bible says, but Daniel resolved. So this, this idea that he chose to take up, I want you guys to understand that eating from the king's table was not a sin. He chose to be disciplined. It wasn't a sin. God did not say that you cannot eat from the table. He chose to, you see, so, you know, let me tell you the difference. Let me tell you why I'm saying this. Because when there's prayers, there are two people. Person A can say, prayers start at 7 o'clock. I will make sure I'm there at 7 o'clock. Yeah? Person B, prayers at 7 o'clock. They will say that at 7.30, when choir comes on, I will then come. God will look at these two people. The resolve of one Will, will be what singles him out before God. So if many being called, if the many being called was Daniel, um, Abednego, Meshach, and Shadrach here, yeah? the resolve of Daniel made God not even consider the other three. I told you before that in the enemy's camp, there are certain criteria that one must pass before they are used or found faithful or um, fit for the king's service. The devil has never been able to make something new. He only just perverts the things that God has already done. So he learned that ideology or he learned that strategy from God. So let me tell you something. Today you're afflicting yourself. I don't know how many of you are fasting, but you're afflicting yourself because... Okay, let me not go ahead of myself. So the Bible says, verse now, verse 9, sorry. It says, now God has caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But of the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men of your age? Pastor Toby has taught us about age, right? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel and the rest, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better, better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. I want you to pay attention to this. So the guards took away their choice food. Are you listening to me? You see, what we've done 
we have chosen to deny ourselves. Fasting is only a denial. It's not you stopping, uh, stopping yourself from eating. Because in the world, they have things that they do where they don't eat as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when you're going to do something at the hospital, they tell you don't eat before, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if that was what fasting is, what's the difference between the world and God? Mm-hmm. No, fasting is denying yourself. But there's still more to that. Fasting is denying yourself. So you see, everyone has the choice to eat as much food as they want. But we have chosen to deny our things. Listen, I want you guys to understand this. What made Daniel powerful was that he denied himself of what he had rights to. As a young person, uh, sorry to, you have the right to do whatever you want to do. Without me being bold, you can go and do whatever you want to do because God actually gave you the right of choice. But I deny myself of what I would want because there's something more I want. I'm talking to you about the fasting life. There's something more I'm looking for. So I choose to keep the kingdom of God inside and there will be no feeding. There will be nothing that the world will feed me that will tamper with the laws and the pillars and the structure of the kingdom of God. That is what I'm abiding by. I want you guys to listen. The Bible says here, when we go back to verse 10, verse 9 actually says, Now God had caused the official to show favor. Now, guys, in this whole scripture, or when the Bible says that God delivered his people to the world, yeah? This is the first time we hear God's name. Are you listening to me? God, up until verse 9, decided to keep quiet. When Daniel decided to move, it also moved God's heart. You know when we choose to do things that denies us? God is still silent, but you see, it's touched God's heart, so he starts to make arrangements for what you want to do. So when Daniel resolved in his heart that he would not be defiled by the food of the king, it moved God's heart. The Bible says, now God, now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. So that Daniel can fulfill what he's doing. Now let me tell you something. Why people, why I said the word of God is the stone. The word of God, the Bible says here, that the stone that the builders rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. And we know when he was talking about the stone, he was talking about Jesus. Huh? Huh? You still have the 3G meal? Oh, I thought it was cancelled. Okay, if you have to go, you can go. Uh, that's the place. Um, so the Bible says... <laughs> <laughs> it's your choice. I'm, I'm being honest with you. It's your choice. Um, what, what was I saying? Huh? It was about God, God showing up in verse 9. Let me read the scripture. I think it's because you guys stopped the keys. It's just distracting me. Okay, thank you. So, the stone that was rejected by the builders, yeah? I've told you before that we're builders. When I spoke to you about God being the architect and we are the builders, right? Are you here with me or So, I said to you, and I want you guys to hear what the scripture says to us. The scripture says, the scripture says that the stone that the builders rejected had now become the chief cornerstone. I want to let you know that you see the word of God or the ways of God. 
in comparison to what the world gives you, mm. is usually the despised option. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. For example, the king's table will include the best of meat. Yeah. Yeah. It will have the best of wine. Mm. But Daniel's here saying, give us vegetables and water. Mm. Now I'm looking at myself, if I saw meat and then Paris's food, which one would I prefer? Which one would I prefer? You understand? But he denied himself just to show that he's on God's side. But listen to this. The Bible now says, after God making the guy favor him and having compassion on him, yeah, the Bible then says that the God or whoever was now afraid and he began to say, why should he see you? Looking, why should the king see you looking worse off than all the other young men of that same age? You know what our parents do? They make it seem that you going to church all the time yeah. is going to make you be inferior to those who go to school. Mm. Now, that's not me saying that you shouldn't go to school, but what I'm saying is that they are committed to the king's food. We have seen the despised. But we know that at the end of a delegated time, 10, Pastor Toby has said to us before, and it's a spiritual thing he said, there's no number greater than 10. Pastor Toby has said this before. So let me just put it like this. At that time, when the generation, when the time for a generation to show up, you will see that those that chose the vegetables and water will come out looking better than those that chose to eat from the king's food. So I'm just saying to you guys today, praying all the time doesn't look like it will work best for you. Uh, Fasting all the time, being in the world all the time, doesn't look like it's the best option. It's the stone that is rejected. It's the stone that the devil is trying to tell you, turn into bread. But if you can stick by it, at the end of time, right now you may look worse, but at the end of time you will turn out looking healthier. You will look more vital. Listen, I want you guys to hear this because I know that the enemy will do anything to make us as young people to be um, intimidated or overwhelmed by the world. It looks like things. Someone will say to themselves, I've been given. I've been given, yet my house is still not in order. God is saying, don't despise this stone. Because in the end of time, when everyone will be caught up, when God wants to now pick the millionaires of a generation, he's going to look at you and them. But you see, your diet made you look better than them. Are you hearing me, guys? So I don't care if my friends are going out on holidays now. The time for our generation to show has not yet come. So eat the despised diet. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Eat what God has given you to eat. Because in the end of time, surely, you can have entered a a nation as a slave. At the end of time, you will become the prime minister. These people will only become people subject to you. If they cannot follow you in doing what um, God has put in your heart, they are the reason why they couldn't follow is because God determined that they will be your subjects. Every king, there's a king of kings, but they must also be kings. That in front of him is the king of kings, right? So every king must have his subjects. I look at some of my friends, they're now asking me to come and contact them in jail. I, listen, I love these guys. I was warning them. But you see, all I had was vegetables and water. No, no, you still don't understand this diet. This diet is the diet of Adam before the fall. 
Man was never meant to eat meat. I told you this before. What God preserved for them for food was what they would get from the trees through seed sowing process. That's what God would give them for diet. Are you, uh, listen, I need to make sure you're hearing this because I look at some of my boys, I love them, but I understand you're only going to be my subject because you couldn't, you just couldn't listen. It would be my protocol with all the henchness that you've done. I, I didn't have the time to go to gym, but you'd be the strong man next to me. <laughs> so the Bible then, <laughs> the Bible then said, let's, let's read from verse 15. It says, at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men. Hold on, hold on. What time do you have for the meeting? It's cancelled. Huh? It's cancelled. No, it's just me. Huh? No, no, no. You two definitely can't go. I can't allow you guys to go. Just say that. I said, when I'm done, you can go. So they should wait for you. Yeah? Yeah? Cool. Cool. <laughs> um, they better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Verse 16. So the God took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables and said, instead, verse 17, why do we fast? This is why. So these four young men, God, listen, their actions provoked God. My denial today, what is fasting, guys? I gave you the scripture, Mark 2, verse 19, right? 18 and 19. And towards the latter part of 19, Christ said that while the bridegroom is with them, why would the guest of the bridegroom fast? <clears throat> but a time will come when the bridegroom will be taken. Yeah. <laughs> a time came, a time will come, that the bridegroom, the one that they are celebrating, will be taken from them. And the Bible says on that day, they will fast. You know when Jesus Christ was taken, a day started. That day was the day of the Holy Spirit. That day has not closed yet. Now in that time, God will require that they will fast. That was an instruction. He said on that day, because they were robbed of something, they will fast. Fasting has always been attributed to mourning. When you've received some kind of loss, you're going to fast, you're going to mourn. Shall I tell you what fasting is? Let's go to Isaiah 58. Let's go to Isaiah 58. What is fasting then? Unless we do this, it doesn't matter if you fast 40 days. God can watch you 40 days and 40th day you will die and you still go to hell for being stupid. It's the truth. There's something that God is looking for. Are we at Zion? Yes, sir. Okay, once you're there, you can start reading. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. Pay attention to that. They seem eager to know my ways. As if there were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Okay, stop there. So I'm going to read quickly Jeremiah 22. 
This Jeremiah verse, you don't need to turn there, it speaks of Jehoiakim. Jeremiah the prophet began to give, share the words of the Lord to Jehoiakim. Because Jehoiakim was the son of Josiah. Josiah was a righteous king before God's eyes. Yeah? So God says to him in verse 22, verse 15 of Jeremiah, it says, Does it make you a king to have more and more cedar? Did not your father have food and drink? He did what was right and just, so all went well with him. He defended the cause of the poor and needy, and so all went well with him. Is that not what it means to know me? You know when we fast, what are we doing? Seeking, right? You're trying to know the person you're looking for, right? Okay, I hope you're hearing me anyway. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord? But your eyes, talking about Jehoiakim, and your heart are set only on dishonest gain and shedding innocent blood and on oppression and extortion. Let's go back to Isaiah 58. Carry on for what you're reading. I want you guys to hear what God is doing because Jehoiakim means Yahweh rises up, raises up, right? I told you that already. Why have... Let me just stop there because I know you're confused. God is always... Okay, let me just go ahead of myself. Fasting is simply love. Fasting was never holding yourself from food. Fasting was denying yourself and paying attention to others. On the day that the disciples lost the person of love, they started to fast in order to experience love. No, you, you still don't understand me, yeah? The, okay, cool. Jehoiakim was raised to show that there was a problem with the children. They are no longer fasting. I don't know how best I'm going to explain this. Okay, cool. So, God had to speak to Jehoiakim. Hey, you see with your dad. Your dad, um, he had the food and drink. He did what was right. And just so all went well with him. He defended the cause of the poor and needy. I told you before that it will not be ministry that will make God. God will not base or judge based on ministry in order to take you to heaven. Because someone can say, I prophesied in your name. I cast out devil. That's all works of ministry. But that wasn't enough for God to accept you into heaven. But I told you before that what will make someone go into heaven is when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me acts of love. The Lord that the prophets and Moses was missing was love. On that day, the day of the Holy Spirit, the biggest commandment was now love. Are you listening? Oh, God. So what God, what fasting really is, the fasted life, why is PT? He will go to Dorchester. He will walk out. The people that are dealing with the cars, he will just give them money. Anybody he speaks to, he has time for them. In this day, if you're going to be powerful, you're no longer concerned about yourself. 
This is why I told Diana, stop complaining when you do good and people don't do good for you. You're being empowered, but when you complain, you're being weakened again. Because in this day, you will fast. But fasting was that when, again, let me read it again. Fasting was, he defended the cause of the poor and needy. So all went well with him. He decided to rise up for the salvation of others. He acted out loud. Okay, let's carry on with Isaiah 58 so you understand. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. Okay, so that's God's first answer. On the day of your fasting, you do what you please. The issue is still around you. Carry on. And exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? (laughs) Listen to how God has responded to that. He's saying, is this the fast I'm asking for? You think it's only for you to be humbling yourself? You're doing something for your... you're still doing something for dishonest gain. You're only doing something for yourself. I, I'm trying to humble myself because I want power. No, no, in the day of your fasting, you deny yourself. So I told you that Jesus Christ said, in that day, on that day, they will fast. That day has not ended. So we must live a fasted life. This fasted life is continuous. We don't take money to build our lives. That's this honest game. We take money to build other people's lives. This is the fasted life we live. As far as I keep weakening myself, God will have to, uh, God will have to, the Bible says in Daniel, that now God will have to give them wisdom, knowledge, understanding. And the problem of that age, only that can respond to that. It will not be money. If it was money, Babylon would have dealt with it. That's right. It had to be me weakening myself. Pastor Toby taught us in the subduer flesh, yeah, that how God will give you power is based on what you do with your power. If I use my power to weaken myself, I am calling God to give me power. So this fasting life, why we can't get tired is because the day has an end. Well, let's carry on. Let's finish this and then we'll go back to Daniel and end and then we'll begin to pray. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Sorry, uh, that part just makes me laugh. Only, I had to underline it. Only that God is saying that's all that I'm looking for. But carry on anyway. Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? So you hear that? Fasting was attributed to a day. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, that's why I had to speak to you today because I understand we're only doing a one-day fast here. So it will look like it's not really a fast, but you have to understand what fasting is. Fasting is not, uh, I fasted for one, two, three days. Fasting is now the life you've entered. In fact, what will make it evident to everyone else that you've entered that day is because you live a fasting life. But that day will be the day of the Holy Spirit. But carry on, carry on. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Isn't this what God was saying to Jehoiakim about his father? And that's why everything went right with him. 
Yes or no? Carry on. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Cool. Share your food, not give your food. You know when we say give your food, it means that every food you have, you've given away. Sharing is like, I take bread, I take part for me, I give part to you. So again, I'm saying that just to show you that fasting is not attributed to stop eating. We fast to get power to to exhibit love. That's what we're doing, we're denying ourselves. Love, God teaches us what love is. Love is not an emotion. Love is that someone will lay down his life so that another life can be raised. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, carry on, carry on. When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like a <coughs> and your healing will quickly appear. Stop there. So you see where it says, and your healing will quickly appear. I underline that because the Holy Spirit ministered to me that, Job, the reason why I allowed that situation to happen to you I did not make it known to Satan, but I know the reason why I allowed you to go through affliction is because the Bible introduces us to Job being a man that was concerned about him and his family. The first sacrifice he made was because he feared that his family did something wrong. So that little scripture shows me that he was focused on only him and his family. Are you hearing me? But you see, God had to do something. So the Bible says, and your healing will quickly appear. You look at the agony that someone like Job went through for so long. But the only time healing came was when God allowed his friends to wrong him. His healing came when his friends allowed him to wrong him. And love, the obedience to God's word, allowed him to pray for those that wronged him. You know it's easier for you to pray for those that's never done something to you. But you know it's harder for someone to have done you wrong and then God says, pray for them. And the Bible lets us know as soon as he prayed for them, he received his healing. No, do you remember the story of Job? This day, this fasted life is, is operational for this day. If you're going to have power, you're going to have to walk in love. Are you hearing me? But carry on, let's finish the scripture quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your nights will become like the new day. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will <coughs> rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. And you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honourable, and if you honour it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land. 
and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Look at that. So, God ministered to me that someone had passed the read here, for example. I've not said this thing. He would have lost all power in ministry if he decided to react to those that attacked him. If he reacted, that was the temptation. Keep the stone or turn it to bread. Do what you're used to. He could have even asked his boys to do it for him. But it would have been the time he would have forsaken all power in ministry. You know what? The Bible talks about common use and special use. I understand that common use is something like preaching. There are many preachers. But if you want to have an extraordinary power, something about you, you're going to have to allow the world to offend you and then defend them. That's what made Jesus Christ so powerful. He needed everyone to be guilty, but he chose to forgive them. That made Stephen powerful. They were stoning him, but he said, God, do not account them. Do not account this as sin against them. Love is what God needs us to walk in. And I told you earlier that love is not me saying I love you and crying. That's immature. Loving is in all situations choosing to hold on to that stone, that hard situation. Choosing to go by the word. You know, someone has made me angry. What I'm used to is reacting. But what's harder for me to do is holding on, being humble in that situation. If I can keep that, I keep power. Are you hearing me, guys? So let's let's finish off with Daniel and then we can break. And then Pastor Pesola and and then we can go. Daniel, where where was we in Daniel? Did we finish it? To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding (coughs) of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Stop there. So the Bible does not tell us that before these um, actions of Daniel, that he was able to understand visions and dreams. It wasn't said like, he wasn't described as one that can interpret visions and dreams before. There were certain resolves in his heart, certain actions he made. And it wasn't that, again, these things were not sins. He just decided, God, I will continually weaken myself because I've been robbed of Jerusalem. Well, Jerusalem was his love with God. The the wife of Christ was the city of the new Jerusalem. His love. No, the, the city that God wants to build is what God is married to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are, you, are you understanding? Yes. So that was his love. Yeah. But he was taken away with his love. Yeah. His love was taken from him. So what happened? He chose to remain in the place of mourning for his love and he received power. Yeah. Okay. Do you understand? Or are, you, are you sure you understand what I'm saying? So I know that there's an expression of God that I'm not seeing in my generation. So I'm not going to eat the king's food like everything is all right. I'm going to be, I'm going to remain in a place of mourning. Pastor Tobu say the fasted life, you do things like, and I'm not saying you have to do this, but what I'm trying to say is that fasted life is like you have a plate of food and you choose not to finish the food. You just choose to weaken yourself. You choose to uh, live a life a certain way because in the back, in the depths of your heart, 
there's something you're longing for that's been taken from you. The glory that Adam lost, that you should have, has been taken. So I'm not going to live life eating the king's food. What could be the king's food? The conversations I have with the world. I have family members, I have friends that speak to me. That's food for the flesh. That's the king's food. TV, a lot of TV. Now, again, these things, I'm not saying you can't do them. Of course, gossiping and all those other things you can't do. But things like TV, you can watch it. But it cannot be something that appeases you. Your comfort comes because you're always in God's word. You're always praying. And if you can do this, the Bible would then say that, listen, Daniel didn't need to pray for power. He just lived a life that power needs to be attributed to. And as far as he lived that life of love, why would God give me more money? Why would God give us a bigger revival house? Is it because we have the money? No. But we do actions of love here. Do you understand? God cannot see us on a day like this where there's no service. When there's no service, you're thinking, okay, what I couldn't do during the week, let me do now. But we're putting ourselves again in the word of God. It's after five, at seven o'clock, we're praying again. We're putting ourselves through this, saying, God, there's something more. Yeah. So, and now, you will not need to pray for the things that you used to pray for. Yeah. God will just say to himself that now, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel, because he resolved, he'll get a bit more. He can understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Now, at that time, someone can have the gift of discernment. The gift without the problem is still useless. But the gift will come before the problem. Why? He needs you to sharpen the gift. When the gift is sharpened enough, the problem will come overnight you enter prosperity. Because it's now chapter 2 that all of a sudden, God, listen, 117 of Daniel, he gave him the gift of visions and dreams without telling him why he needs it. Chapter 2 Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the most powerful nation, would then have a problem, the dream. I told you it's the power of God. But God gives you the solution to that problem. So in in chapter 2, now Daniel naturally, his resolve gave him that power. And now he can respond in a way that none of the other magicians or sorcerers can answer. And he responded and straight away was elevated. This is why we fast, guys. To be empowered in the acts of love. What is the acts of love? Like I said to you, the acts of love is not me saying I love God and crying. The acts of love is just that Potiphar's wife can come to me. And you know, I believe that Joseph could have fallen in that situation and it would never have come out. I believe it would never have come out. But, you know, I just choose to take the vegetables and waters, the ones that's not um, attractive to the eyes, the rejected stone, I choose that. The Pastor Toby told us previously that that stone is love. Remember that? He said that that stone is love. I choose love. When someone, if I'm in an argument with someone, the best reaction is for me to show myself as butch. Do you understand? But I can say to myself, no. Let me look like a clown. Let me look weak, because in my weakness, 
God's power will be shown through you. Let's rise up to our feet. Let's pray. We're going to spend time to pray. The solar and elephant, you need to go. You can go. We're going to spend